0: Everyone, welcome to the second episode of Justice Seekers Next Generation. I'm Sanjana.
1: And I'm Omari.
0: Today, we are going to be talking about performative activism. We both have a lot to share with you all, so this is actually going to be a two-part episode, so stay tuned for the next one next week. Our episodes come out every single Tuesday, so be sure to keep up with us. So the United Nations has defined slacktivism as when people support a certain cause by performing simple measures, but aren't really devoted to making change and are not consistent with their advocacy. So to me, um, slacktivism is more of juxtaposition. It's more of between right and wrong because you morally are supporting the correct things, but also at the same time, you're not really supporting the cause and do like a certain period of time, you're being inconsistent, which kind of cancels out the advocacy that you did before. Because truly, if you don't balance something out, it's not going to like work out in the end, you have to have constant, you have to constantly be advocating for there to be actual change. And especially through digital media, it can be even harder. So that's why it's so important to stay consistent. Amari, what does activism mean to you?
1: Activism to me is when people say they support a cause, but it's not really ongoing when nobody's looking or they don't continue to support that cause, even after they log off of social media. Um, So it's just basically inconsistency to me. Yeah,
0: same to me. So slacktivism was actually born after the creation of social media and, you know, we kind of associate with viral movements, you know. Um, I'm going to be bringing in a few examples later, but I'll kind of give you a brief blurb, like the Black Lives Matter movement or the ALS bucket challenge. That actually one goes pretty far back, but we'll be covering more on that and how that is a great example of the opposite of slacktivism a little bit later in the episode. So um, we're going to start off with this example. So a prime example example of slacktivism gone right is the ALS ice bucket challenge so um I don't know about you Mario but when this was a thing I think maybe this was 2015 like everyone in my family participated in this like it was huge so pretty much if you don't know um ALS was a um disease and there was someone who was affected by it and shared their story on Instagram and they would dump buckets of ice over their head um or if you didn't want to do that you could donate money and this was you once you did it you had to like nominate five people and then like five people nominated five more people and so many people donated and so many people learned about ALS I didn't know what ALS was um before this and then yeah I feel like this was a prime example of anti like. It was a perfect use of social media to make change. What do you think about this? And did you like participate in this challenge? And did you hear about it like five, six years ago when it came around?
1: Um, yes, I definitely heard about it. And I didn't even have social media. So that's the crazy thing. Like that's how big it was, is that I knew what it was and I knew it was happening. And I wasn't even on social media. I didn't participate in it. How old was I a couple years ago? I didn't participate in it, but I definitely heard of it.
0: Yeah, same. I remember I couldn't participate in it because I was like too young, but yeah. it, was, it was interesting. Um, but that is definitely like a prime example. And I think that's maybe where people got the wrong idea from slacktivism. Like, oh, social media does all these great things. Let's just keep using it. But people just got lazy, I think. Um, or that's one, my like, philosophy. <laughs> While activism, technically, you know, some cases may work out, it's not the way to make change. You know, it's so easy to just repost an Instagram infographic or retweet an article to change awareness. Or, you know, um, example, um, change your profile picture to like the, um, to like Black Lives Matter or something similar. You never actually engage. Like you're never actually um, directly supporting the cause. And I think one big reason for that is false, like, False information, and this is not the same thing as fake news. I think it's a lot more different because I think false information. So many people promote correct information, but they are not like supporting these causes. Okay, I'll give you a prime example. Every couple of months, um, I see these posts on Instagram, and it says, "Repost to save the elephants." Every repost is point one <laughs> or not point one? Sorry, guys. A one cent. I was thinking point one of a dollar. That's just okay. One cent. <laughs> And, oh, my gosh, those things aren't even, those things are scams. Um, if you, like, read the fine details, they do not donate any money. They're looking for followers. Omari, oh, have you seen these posts?
1: I haven't seen them. I've seen S- Save the Elephants, but I haven't seen, like, we donate one cent. But it's kind of sad that it's a scam.
0: I know it is a scam. I saw this other Instagram post saying it was a scam and I looked into it a little more because I was really curious because I mean, so many people um, repost this and this is a prime example. I said prime example twice. Um, Okay, so this is like, honestly, like real performative activism, like this is it. You know, you see people, they never advocate for climate change or environmental impacts and what you can do to really be sustainable. You know, we're not asking you to go 100% vegan and sustainable. We're asking you to make somewhat of a change to do a little bit. But instead, you just go out and repost repost a post that isn't really doing anything. And you could have easily done the research to figure out isn't doing anything and instead use that time to do something that can make an actual change. So, Yeah. Um, I think that's super important to talk about. If you wanna check out how to be more sustainable, there was a Vox Five article that was published uh, just this week on five ways to be more sustainable. It was great. I read it. Um, I urge you all to check it out. I think we need to talk about more how the pandemic has affected slacktivism. Slacktivism as it was and performative activism, they can be compared relatively, um, were such a big thing but then the pandemic hit, and I mean, it just got amplified, like, through the roof. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that, like, the pandemic, okay, this, I have, like, a 50-50 stance on slacktivism. Like we said, like, it doesn't, it may not, like, donate actual money or anything, but I do think that it informs a lot of people on a lot of issues, and even if just, like, a couple people see it, and they decide to go make a bigger change than you may have decided to so I think that that's the positive part but like during the pandemic you know we saw like the black screens um for Black Lives Matter but like a lot of people took those down like after such a short amount of time so it was like even if that was all you did to support Black Lives Matter like it didn't even have like a lasting impact because you just deleted it a couple days later or whatever um so that like you said, the pandemic definitely did amplify it. And people were really bold about like, oh, I stand for this. And then like it disappears in like two days. And it's like, whoa.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's safe to say that just isn't enough. It's the, it's not even the bare minimum. It's like, I don't even think it can be considered the bare minimum. If nothing else, it's the lesser of two evils between post-clickbait and then sharing something that brings light to an issue that needs to be solved. like. I think it's so important, like, how do we balance action online to holding people accountable to reform these actions, and like, actually holding people accountable for what they promote on social media? Um, For me, at least, I think holding people accountable is extremely important, you know, the people who are um, posting infographics and how important elections are, you're providing resources, hotlines, how to register to vote, um, which we talked about a bunch in our last episode, and it's holding people accountable is the only way to make change, especially when people fall into the depths of activism. Um, So I think also we talk about digital activism, like traditional activism versus digital activism. So um, if you don't know, traditional activism can be counted as, you know, um, lobbying or um, in-person or virtual, I guess, um, lobbying or going to a march, going to a protest, Um, you know, doing some canvassing or phone banking, and then there's digital activism, you know, um, maybe sending out like postcards to Congress or reposting um, informational and credible infographics or resources on your social media, um, or, you know, writing and publishing online, your opinion or important information that can be helpful to people. That's the difference. Um, But what do you... um, Amari, what do you think are some barriers to digital activism? And do you think you've been affected by these limitations, like the digital community is offered towards activism in your community?
1: Um, I think some of the barriers are social media gives you the opportunity to not actually follow up on what you're going to say. But also social media, especially during the pandemic, like you said, there's in-person like protests and stuff. I think a lot of people use social media to like, educate people on issues because they maybe didn't want to go out and march in big crowds because it was a pandemic a pandemic so i think that social media has been beneficial but like like i said the barriers are like you don't actually have to follow up on anything you don't have to donate any money you don't have to keep your word whatsoever um and then like you said, the, another barrier is this false information. Like it's very easy to spread something that's not true, that's actually not happening or that's not helping. Um, and people are quick to repost something. But if you're not checking what you post, and especially if you have a large following, you're just telling a lot of people about something that's false and then that's going to spread. And then the false information is just going to get bigger and bigger. Oh, and how was I impacted? Well, I think like... When you see people, I know I keep referencing Black Lives Matter, but I'm black, so I, that's just at the top of my mind. But like you start to think like when people are posting something that you also agree with, you're like, oh, like maybe they're on my side. And then like later on, they post something else and it's like you're completely contradicting like what you just said the other day. like you said, "Oh, Black Lives matter, but then you go and you contradict that whole thing that you just said. So I think that's how it's affecting me um has it affected you any on Instagram or on social media
0: I think um like barriers to digital activism that have affected me like limitations honestly I think is outreach like getting people to follow the correct information is just a struggle you know personally I wasn't affected by it but um you know a few months later when those six Asian women were murdered by a white man um working Mm -hmm. at a nail salon um you know, that was like part of the. I know I'm, I'm not East Asian, but I am South Asian. And you know, that's a big struggle, no matter where you're from. I think living in a community where these kinds of things are happening, it's horrible seeing other people Mm -hmm. suffer, seeing like oppressed people. And then you see people saying all lives matter. And I think that just frustrates me so much. Sure. Like everybody, we want everyone to have justice and equality, but we want to help those who are oppressed. The people who aren't oppressed aren't the yes. first priority. You know, I found this um, example um, when I was doing research for this episode, you know, if you have two houses, one is burning down and one isn't. The people who are, the house that's burning down, people come out asking for help. And the people come out of the other house, that's perfectly fine, they ask for help too, but why do they need help? Nothing's happening to yes. their house. You know, um, I found that example and I was like, this is perfect. I have to share it. Yes,
1: I love that one. I saw that like a couple months ago and it was like so accurate. Like that's exactly how you would explain it.
0: Exactly. I think that's a perfect contradiction to that controversy. It's not even a controversy. It's simply wrong, you know. Um, but yeah, um, so now it's time for our fun fact. Um, so on Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020, um, millions of people began to post solid black images on their Instagram with the hashtag Blackout Tuesday. So you know, some people with small accounts, and then it went all the way to people with the big accounts. You know, celebrities like Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, um, Kim Kardashian, Taylor Swift posted these all, um, and you know, they were trying to show their solidarity that you know I support this movement. I believe it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they were like. And some typical captions, I was looking back at the people who didn't delete them, and you know their captions were like, (laughs) always learning, loving, and listening, though I will never understand, I still stand. (laughs) (laughs) That's so
1: accurate.
0: I know, I literally got this like a quote. Um, But like, even though those are still true, you should stand in solidarity, like, you do that. But you you sharing that, you really didn't make an impact on the movement. Sure, it added a lot of publicity. You know, Kim Kardashian having over like 70, 80, even a hundred, I don't even know, a hundred million like followers. Of That's course, of she reached millions of people. But what did the millions of people who saw that do? I think is the question. So that was more of like our interesting fact for today. Um, yeah. And I think... Um, Wrapping up that little segment where we talked about the BLM movement, how it made people lazy online. I think it's just so important. Um, Actually, I will let you guys know a little statistic here. Um, I found this on the New York Times report. Um, 26 million Americans took to the streets this summer, or I guess last summer, to support the Black Lives Movement and opposition to police brutality and defunding the police. I think that's crazy. 26 million. And there were 33 million people also from a um, a New York Times report who posted a, um, sorry, what's it called? A BLM black square. That's crazy. 33 million people, though it may not be, you know, compared to the 300 million who live in the US, you know, let's cut out some age group. That's a lot of people. But what if those people actually signed government of like um official petitions you know what if they actually did something that could have made a change imagine that like what could have happened you know i remember when all those protests were happening in june i remember you know school had just ended and we were all at home nothing better to do and you know i was always listening to cnn and it, just these shocking things were coming on the news you know about places getting vandalized and i remember so many people be like your movement is causing damage like um, Amari, please give your um, give your kind of position on this.
1: It's like people were missing the point of what the um, what the protests were about, and people took a. They looked at a lot of like more. I don't want to say violent. Like, if property was vandalized, like they were focusing on those specific protests when there were so many peaceful protests as well. Like we said, like yes, property was vandalized, but like lives are also lost like humans were killed at the same time so it's like is that more important to you like some property or like a human life but like people really focused on like the negative but there was definitely definitely peaceful protest and that also goes into like how fake media is so powerful like or false information is so powerful that people kept focusing on the negative when there was so much there was so much more positive and so much more peaceful protests
0: Exactly. And I think that brings us to a nice closing point. Next week, we're going to be talking about forms of performative activism, such as collectivism and other viral movements. You know, other forms of performative activism have been shown across many social media platforms with companies, influencers and, you know, famous celebrities participating. And while some have been, you know, donating money, um, protesting and kind of offering important resources, many have been going about the situation the wrong way and not doing it right. Um, so that's all we have for today's episode. Make sure you guys tune in for our uh, next episode, episode three. We're going to kind of talk about this more with you all. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in. Um, we hope to see you all next week. Bye.
1: Thanks, everybody. Bye.